All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and open our Bibles then tonight to the book of Matthew, chapter number 17. Matthew, chapter 17. We're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture tonight. This will be the first time that I've ever ever taught from it or really even studied it in depth. It's one of the things that I've looked at as a kid and I used to think, boy, that's a really cool story. That's, that's something fun that God just kind of put us in the Bible and, and you know there's not really a lesson here. It's just kind of a neat story. But you know, the more I study these, these neat quote-unquote stories that we call, remember they happen, they're historical accounts, the more I find that there's nuggets of truth within them that we can learn. And tonight, as we've been going through the New Testament, we've been studying the life of Jesus Christ, the things He did, where He walked and how He talked, we're going to study something that's a really... I guess the best word to say is something fun. Something you just don't often think of that Jesus kind of did to show how wonderful he is. Let's look at Matthew 17. We'll start reading in verse number 24. Matthew 17, verse number 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And he saith, Yes. Just one word, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? And Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. And Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Our Father, I pray that you would help us to understand something out of this passage tonight. Lord, it seems like something maybe so simple yet so amazing that you were able to provide in such a way. And I pray that you would help us to understand that once again, what you were trying to teach to Peter and help us to apply it to our own hearts and lives. And it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Well, folks, if you caught it, here's what just happened. And it's such a fun story. This is one of the times that we talk about things that happened. And we tell these stories to little kids because it's so fun to watch them when you know, they light up hearing it. So Jesus and Peter, they're within a house. And it's very possible that it's just them two. And I'll tell you why in just a second. And these guys, they come knocking on the door where Peter and Jesus were. So they're knocking and, and Peter, he opens the door and he steps outside to see who it is. And it's some men that are there to take tribute money. They're, they're collectors. They're some sort, of, some sort of tax collectors. And we'll talk about the tax in a little bit. So they're there to accept this money from Peter. And they look at Peter and they know that his master is Jesus. They already know who Peter is. And they said, Peter, does not your master pay tribute money just like everyone else does? Don't, don't you think Jesus ought to pay this tax just like everyone else? And then Peter, well, you know, wanting to... I guess stick up for Jesus said, well, sure, of course he does. So Jesus turns, so Peter, he turns around, he walks away and walks back into the Lord. And he says, Lord, there's, and as he's getting ready to speak, Jesus just says, Peter, let me ask you a question. He doesn't even let Peter stop talking. He says, Peter, let me ask you a question. He says, when a king comes and he taxes the people, is he taxing people of his own family or is he taxing people that are just, you know, complete strangers? Then Peter says, well, he taxes the people, the strangers, not his family. 
And then Jesus says, so his children, his family, they are free of that tax, aren't they? And under Jewish culture in that time period, they were. And he says, well, yeah, then they're free. And Jesus, he says, well, then so am I free, is more or less what he's implying. He's saying, I am also free of this tax. And we'll talk about why that's so important that he said that in a minute. But he said, but nonetheless, just to make sure that we don't cause an offense in this place, and we'll talk about the offense. He says, just to make sure that we don't cause a big problem, a big ruckus here, we're going to go ahead and give them their money. And then could it have been that they didn't have any money to give? Well, the Bible doesn't say in this passage, but here's what Jesus tells Peter. He says, Peter, you're a fisherman. I want you to go fishing. And so he says, I want you to take a hook. And I thought this was really neat. I didn't know they fished with hooks in the Bible other than this passage of Scripture. I always thought they used nets, which they did. But they also apparently used hooks. He says, Peter, I want you to take a hook. And I want you to go throw this hook out in the water. And the first fish that you catch, you're going to pull it up. And I want you to look in his mouth and you're going to find a coin. And when you find that shekel, I want you to go give that to the tax collectors. And that'll be enough for me and for you. And so that's what Peter did. And folks, he went and he went fishing. He caught a fish and inside the fish was the mouth. He looked inside its mouth and there was a coin in that fish's mouth. And as many fish as I've caught, I've never caught a fish with money in its mouth. I always thought that would be pretty neat. You know, to reel in a fish and you look and say, boy, there's $10 in that fish's mouth. You know, that'd be pretty neat. Folks, that's just something that God does. Sometimes he does some really interesting things just to show that he is God. And so when we talk about this, this is one that's fun to tell the kids. You know, I, I, I went and told William just this one the other day, and he remembered from when he heard in Sunday school, there was, a, there was a coin in Peter's fish. But, you know, even these little things, we can learn things about God. So let's see what we can find out about God tonight and what it is I believe he wants to show us, the same thing that he taught Peter. First thing is, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you this. God will know your need before you do. God is going to know your need before you do. So how do we see that? Well, look what he says in verse number 25. They came to him, Peter, does your master pay tribute? Verse number 25. And he saith, yes. And when Peter was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him. Jesus didn't let Peter speak. He said, no, no but Peter, let me ask you a question. That's when he continues to say, what thinkest thou, Simon. Simon Peter, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? So he begins to ask that question. Folks, Jesus already knew what was going outside the door and what was going on, what they were talking about, before Peter even come inside and began to talk to Jesus about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you might have some kind of problem that's getting ready to come up 5, 10, 15 years down the road, and you don't even know about it yet. But I want to tell you, Jesus does. Jesus does. And that's something that I think that we need to keep in our minds and use as a comfort to us. Because I want to tell you, I have been in times where I have seen that I have a need. Maybe there was something that I needed to pay. Maybe there was a bill that I had. Maybe there was something, some kind of need that I needed to take care of. And I was able to take comfort knowing that Jesus knew what my need was. Jesus knew that I had a need before I did. Jesus was looking at me, you know, already five years in the future saying, yeah, I know he's going to need that. And then after I come through this problem, I can look back and I can see Jesus 
I can see God holding my hand and leading me through this difficulty. Folks, I don't know what kind of problems this year is going to have for you. I really don't. You know, there was, there was a time in, uh, that I'll, I'll tell you that I, I absolutely, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Let's just say I was very, very worried for what was going to happen to me and to my wife. Uh, she and I, we had just gotten married. We had been married for, what, Tori, six months maybe? And, and after we had gotten married, man, think, things were going great. You talk about being, you know, in the honeymoon stage. You had just gotten married. Boy, things are wonderful. And, you know, I, we had just gotten this little house we were renting. When I say little house, we were paying, you know, like $500 a month for this place that didn't even have any insulation and you know, didn't have any air conditioner, hardly had any heaters. And every time we turned on the blow dryer, it'd blow a fuse, you know. But, boy, that was our house, and we were excited to have it. And so I would get up, and I would go to work, and, and I would be there all day, and I would rush home for lunch just so I I could be at home, then I would go back to work. And then I remember while I was there, uh, I, Philip, I was actually talking to you. I remember we were talking one day, and I said, you know, I don't see how God's going to get me out of this position where I'm working at this nice job, and how he's going to move me into the ministry. And then it was like a month later, I got fired from that job. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, I've got a need. I didn't know that was coming. I'm thinking... How am I now, as this new husband, going to be able to take care of my wife? How am I going to be able to provide for, for this house? How am I going to be able to pay for the bills for us to be able to eat? And I, I as, as a young man, I was very worried. And so I did the first thing I thought to do, and this is probably my fault, Instead of just, you know, seeing what God had for me, I went to my office and I printed out a stack of resumes about like this and just went to every possible place I could think of looking for some kind of work because I wanted to take care of my family. But folks, that whole time, I want to tell you, now looking back, God knew that that was going to happen. And God brought that in my life for a reason because he wanted me somewhere else other than that job where I was. He had something else planned for me. He didn't want me to stay there. And so God knew that need was coming. And I want you to remember, that has taught me now that when some kind of need shows up, don't worry. Be patient. Let God work through it. Because when that tough time comes, He might just have you go fishing somewhere where there's going to be a $10 bill in a fish's mouth. Figuratively speaking, there might be something coming that you don't even expect. He might have something planned. He might have a purpose. And if we just lose our mind, all of a sudden start worrying, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? That's going to cause me to take my eyes off of Jesus. If you remember, this is Peter. This is the same guy that got out of the boat, was walking on the water. And then when he started worrying, he sank. Same guy. We need to remember that Jesus already knows about what our problem is. So look at this. Here's something else I think is kind of interesting. Could it have been, and this might be a little speculation. I want you to understand that. Could it have been that Peter spoke himself into a corner when he shouldn't have? You know, sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. I'm going to show you why I said that. Look at verse number 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master, Jesus, does he pay tribute? He saith, yes. Now, Peter, he just spoke for God. He just spoke for Jesus. He said, yeah, my master pays tribute. And then when Jesus got into, or when Peter got into the house, Jesus says, I don't owe any tribute. 
That's not something that's required of me. And we're going to talk about why in just a minute. So Peter just spoke for God and he said, yes, my master does that. Then Jesus said, well, that's not really something that's required of me to do. But just so we don't cause a ruckus, we're going to go ahead and you go ahead and pay it. So could it have been that Peter even brought that own kind of sticky situation on himself? Yeah, it could have been. Could it be that God knows about the own problem you might cause yourself? Yeah, it could be. But folks, even so, sometimes when we run ourselves into a ditch, sometimes when we're the one that brings problems on our own selves, God is still there. He's still willing to work it out. and He's still willing to take care of us. And I think that could have been the offense that Jesus was watching out for. You know, because what would have happened if Jesus said, well, you know, Peter, I'm really not required to pay that tribute, so, so I don't think I will. What would that have made Peter look like? That would have made Peter look like a liar, wouldn't it? That would have put Peter in a kind of a tough spot because Peter was someone that should have known about his master. So could it have been that Jesus was even wanting to make sure that, that Peter didn't come off looking like a liar and then making sure Peter also had the money? Yeah. It could have been. Folks, we need to remember God sees the whole situation and whatever tough spot you're finding yourself in, remember, God already knows about it and He already has it worked out. We just have to be willing to be patient and let God work. Now, we said that Jesus didn't owe a tribute. Now, this is really neat. This is something I had never seen. I had to study it to find this out and read some things that other men had found. Watch this. So verse number 26, or excuse me, 25. So Peter, he saith, yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, didn't even let him speak because he already knew, saying, what thinkest thou, Simon? What's your opinion, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? And Peter saith unto him, of strangers. And Jesus saith unto him, then are the children free. Talking about himself. Now, Here's where I want to get with this. So Jesus asked the rhetorical question, Peter, do the children of kings, do they have to pay taxes? And Peter says, well, no, just everyone else does because it's going back to the kings anyway. So why should the children have to pay it? So Jesus, there were two reasons that he wouldn't have had to pay taxes. And within the study that I've done, I can't confirm which of two taxes it was but Jesus was exempt for both of them. And here's why I say that. Number one, if you go back, and I want you to flip with it with me so you'll see what I'm talking about. If you go back to the book of Exodus, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. All the way back to Exodus. Now remember, Jesus hadn't died yet. They're still doing the Old Testament stuff. Exodus chapter number 30. Exodus chapter number 30, verse number 12. Exodus chapter 30, verse number 12. Well, we'll go ahead and start with 11. It's kind of the beginning of a little statement. Exodus chapter 30, verse number 11. This is the law of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give everyone that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. 
a shekel is 20 geras, and he kind of gives a monetary thing there. And a half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. So, folks, what we've just learned is, under the Old Testament Jewish law, when there weren't any kings yet, this was the law of Moses, there was a tax that was collected by that government, by the by the church-run government. I hate using the word church, but by the godly government because this was the law of Moses. This was God's law. That was a tax that went to the tabernacle slash temple. It was a half a shekel a person. And every year when those people were numbered, they would come in and they would say, okay, here's my, here's my half a shekel. Here's my, here's my tribute. And that would go towards the things of God. That would go into the storehouse of God. Now, could this have been the same type of tax that the Pharisees were doing so many years in the future? Could have been. It wouldn't have been Roman law, but it could have been because these Pharisees, they were still doing the law of Moses stuff. And it is interesting that when Jesus said, hey, Peter, go pay it for both of us, it was one shekel, two people, that's two halves. So it would have been the exact amount. Could that have been it? Yeah, could have been. So, why would Jesus have been exempt from that tax? Well, let me ask you. Who was Jesus? Folks, He was the Son of God. And He was the King of David. We're going to talk about that too. Folks, He was the King. It was Him. He was exempt from having to pay tribute to who God the Father was. See, the children of the kings didn't pay taxes. And He's saying, look, Peter, I've already told you. I'm the son of God. I am that child. Why should I have to pay tribute? I'm not going to be held to that. The children are free. And so here again, he's confirming to Peter, Peter, like I've told you before, man, I'm the son of God. Now, let's assume that it was a political tax, just for sake of argument. Let's assume that it was political, that this was, they were in Capernaum. This was Israel, okay, the, the nation of Israel. Capernaum was a city there. Here come the tax collectors. Okay, hey, and we're here to, we're here to collect the tax. You know, this is going to be a governmental tax just like we pay taxes. We hate paying our taxes, especially when it's, you know, we think it's too much and on and on. But here was Jesus. Now, I want you to think, who was Jesus's, and I don't know the exact number of greats, but great, 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 great granddad. It was King David, then King Solomon, and then there was his two boys, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and then on down the line. Then finally you have baby Jesus, who was the rightful person to sit on the throne of Israel, King David's throne. So if this was an Israeli tax and he was the rightful king of Israel, should he have had to pay that tax? No. Because politically, he wouldn't have had to either. So he was, once again, if it was a political or whether it was um, a spiritual to go into the storehouse of the, the, the temple, either way, he wouldn't have had to do that because he was the rightful king of Israel and he was the rightful son of God himself. So he's looking at Peter and saying, Peter, I don't owe this tax, man. This has nothing to do with me. Folks, Peter, uh, Paul, or goodness, excuse me. Jesus, once again, is wanting to prove to us who he is. Look at the way he says it. Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children? And Peter saith unto him, of strangers. And Jesus saith unto him, then are the children free. He's saying, look, I'm one of those children. I am free. I am a child of the lineage of David. I am free of this. I am a child of God Himself. I am free of this. 
And folks, after that, we see something with the Lord, which he just simply does. And we always know that the Lord will do for us. Verse number 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Now, I, I, want, to, I want to focus on that word just for a minute. An offense. An offense. You know, we, we talk about someone making an offense in the Bible. What does it mean to, to cause an offense or to offend someone? I'm going to steal someone's illustration. And I say steal because, well, I mean, this didn't originate with me. But I was listening to a guy. He was given an illustration of offense not long ago. And this was a pastor. And this pastor, he's a guy that has a big old, you know, full-grown bushy beard, you know. And this, this lady walks up to him and he says, Pastor, I want you to know that your beard offends me. And then he looked at her and he kind of smiled. He says, no, it doesn't. And then he opens up his Bible. And we talked about this when you go back uh, to, to the Corinthians. We talked about this in a Wednesday night on our uh, Corinthians series, someone being offended. He says, an offense is when me, according to my knowledge, do something I have liberty to do, cause you to do the same thing against your own conscience. And he says, ma'am, you can't grow a beard. So I didn't offend you. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's, that's a pretty good thought. He said, the only reason you're telling me this is just because you're upset with me doing something that you don't like and you want me to change it. Folks, a biblical offense is when I cause someone to mess up and to fall. There were a number of times where Jesus did things that the Pharisees didn't like. There was one time where Jesus and his disciples, they went to eat. They were eating, uh, I believe it was some corn. And the Pharisees looked at him and says, your disciples haven't washed their hands yet. And Jesus kind of looks at him and he, he says, uh, I can't remember the, the, whole th uh, the exact phrases of what he said, but he more or less says, this isn't something that matters. This is not a big deal. And that offended them as in they didn't like it. So, but what Jesus is getting ready to do here, he is saying that, look, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, could it, hit, in this sense of an offense, not be causing them to sin, but wanting to make sure that he's going to take care of Peter. Not to let them see that we are liars. Not to make them think that we are someone that's trying to cause problems. Not to make them think that we are being disobedient to the law of God. See, it's not necessarily he's caring about their feelings, but I do believe that he cares about him and Peter's reputation. So what he does is he cares for that. So notwithstanding, verse number 27, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. You know, boy, wouldn't that be nice if Jesus himself just looked at you one day and says, hey, Trevor, why don't you go fishing today? Yes, Lord. You know? <laughs> That's a command of God. I get to go fishing today. Man, that would be neat. And so he does. He goes and he goes and he catches the fish. He opens it up. And sure enough, there we know there was a coin in that fish's mouth. And folks, he was able to provide for Peter's need. That's kind of our last thought. We had three. We saw that God knows your need before you do. Then God shows us his position again. Then this last one was that God always will provide. Folks, God always will provide. Let me tell you, we don't always know just how God is going to provide. But we do know God will provide. You know, this is something that just came to mind, and some of you could probably even quote the reference better than I can. But I know the psalmist, he once said that there has never been a day where he has seen God's righteous forsaken. Not once. Not once has he seen God's people out begging for bread and not had the things that they need because God takes care of his children. Now, did Peter know that it was going to be done by fishing? 
No, probably not. Peter probably thought that the Lord would be able to have some kind of shekel in the house somewhere. Or maybe Peter thought that the Lord would just make it appear, just kind of like he did with the bread that he broke over and over. Maybe Peter didn't know. And you know, whatever it is that you might be getting ready to go into, whatever problem that's coming up that you don't know about that God already does, he's already got it worked out. And the odds are you probably don't know how it is that he has it worked out. Because, you know, when you're out in the middle of the ocean, and I don't know if any of you have ever been so far out in, in a lake or in the ocean where you can't see the land, when you can't see something and a storm hits, the only thing you can see are the waves. That's it. And ladies and gentlemen, when you're in a storm of life, the only thing you can see are the waves. But the Lord, He sees everything else. He knows where the shore is. He knows where the end of the storm is. And He knows how He's going to get you there. But you don't know that because you can't see it. Folks, what God asks us to do is just be faithful. Just do what He says. I mean, that would almost sound kind of ludicrous. Lord, you expect me to, to, to pay this off, but you're telling me to go fishing? You know, whatever it is that He asks us to do, even in the midst of that storm, we're just going to go ahead and do it. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. While it may seem so difficult to, uh, to do this or to do that while we're, maybe we're having a financial difficulty, maybe we're still sick, maybe this loved one is sick or someone else is having a hard time and it's hurting us and we're, man, we're wanting to stress out and we're wanting to worry and we want to fix it ourselves. God's saying, calm down. I've already got it worked out. And folks, I want to tell you, God has already got your problem worked out before you even get there. So our lesson is, don't be worried. He will work things out in a good way, in a benefit. And I believe it's something to be said, too, that God in this situation, He took care of Peter's word. He took care of Peter's word. That's one of the things that we've talked about a little bit in Sunday school, where we've said that that God, He will answer prayers and He will do things as they are according to His will, as they are in His name, as they are doing something according to His power and His work. Folks, God's always going to take care of His own name. I once heard a preacher say something to the effect of that when we are doing the work of God and when we put God's name on the line, God will come through. And that's what, more or less what Peter just did. He put God's name on the line and God came through. So ladies and gentlemen, let's let this be our lesson here this evening. I don't know what your next storm is going to be. And it could be that you can look back at some kind of problem that you've gone through. I look back at the one I told you about where I lost my job. And at that moment, I was losing my mind a little bit too. I was scared. That was, that was a pretty low spot. But you know, looking back now, I see, yeah, God already had that worked out. I didn't know it yet. And I can learn and I can take heart that the next time things get tough, I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I don't have to wonder what I'm going to do next. I've learned that all I have to do is look to God and let Him take care of it. So let's bow with a word of prayer right there. And let's let this be our lesson here this afternoon. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us to take heart from what it is here that You've even shown Peter. Something that seems so strange, so out of place, that You would, that you would place a coin in a fish's mouth. Lord, just to fulfill some kind of debt that You didn't even owe. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take heart and I pray that you would help us to just simply trust you and to know that you have these things worked out. So folks, again, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I want to give you simply a moment to be able to do business with the Lord.
hey, are you just coming out of some kind of tough spot? You know what? You might be getting ready to go into one and you don't even know it yet. You don't know what tomorrow's got. You don't know what next week has got. But you could be getting ready to go into something pretty tough. I want to encourage you. Don't worry. Don't forsake trusting in the Lord. Just trust in Him. And remember that He has already got it worked out. And possibly in a way that you would never even expect. Folks, if there's one thing we can learn about the Lord, we can start to learn that we can expect the unexpected. Sometimes we can almost expect to be surprised. And that's just something wonderful about our God. Lord, we love you and we want to praise your name and thank you again for how you take care of us. Lord, you've been so very good to us. You know what needs we're going to be having before even we do. And I pray you'd help us to trust you. Even sometimes when we dig ourselves into a hole or when we speak out of turn, we put ourselves in a place that maybe we ought not to be. Lord, you've already got it worked out. And you've got it worked out in a way that's going to give you the honor and give you the glory pray that you would just help us to trust you during those times. And go with us now as we get ready to go our different ways and as we go about our week, as we get ready to go into our jobs and see those around us. Help us to be a light to you and and a witness out into this community. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. And it's in your name we ask it. Amen. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for coming out again this evening. If, if you haven't yet, don't forget there's the, uh, I think there's the sign-up sheet in the back for the, for the potluck that's coming up. And then don't just, uh, don't forget our kind of funny schedule that day on the Father's Day. But we look forward to seeing you guys there. So we love you and we're dismissed.